Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another wonderful week of Radio Melee, and we've got a wonderful guest, uh, somebody who I had the good pleasure of, of, of really commentating and spectating his breakout performance at, uh, what was that tournament called? The Big House 10, of course, two weeks ago. Um, since you sound like you said like you felt like you won the whole event because it was such a magical experience for you, well, now it feels magical to have you on the show. Welcome to Radio Melee, and how are you doing, my friend? Thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah, it feels, uh, feels good. I don't know. It's been a bit of a whirlwind couple of weeks. Um, I, I, I wasn't expecting anything from the event. And then obviously here we are. I don't know. A little while to end up the, turning out the way it did. So, And you had, uh, you also got the, I, I guess we should just tell people because I'm sure a lot of people don't keep track of this sort of thing. So let's just say it at the start of the episode. Mm. Uh, you are a lock for Summit. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, I am. Let's go. I am Very nice. Yeah. Over the moon to be going. I've said that like a thousand times, but I, I mean, PP might even remember a couple summit iterations ago. No, it was actually pre COVID. I, uh, I was trying to, I was trying to, you know, poke him and see if he might want to come as a coach and try and get some incentive going. Oh. This was three years ago. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, it's nice to, it's nice to be able to just do it. You know, the okay. sickest way I could have imagined, which is qualifying, just playing melee. I didn't have to, didn't have to eat an onion. Didn't have to draw dicks on my face. I got to just go because I because I you know play good melee. So love it. I, I think the dream is always to get in um, qualifying because then you really feel it or 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 invited. I mean, invited I guess is even better because then you really know you've made it. But but qualifying I think is is has got to be the most satisfying way. Um, well, people talk about deserving it, right? And and it's like I I don't know if you can ever argue that you deserve it on like exactly. a popularity contest, but if I win my way in or anybody wins their way in, it feels like you deserve it. So it's cool, hundred percent. Yeah. It's, so it's so it's you uh, from this this weekend as well as Professor Pro, or I should say you from last weekend and Professor Pro from this weekend, uh, who who's another you know Fox player that I've watched for years and years, who I've really really uh, enjoyed. So I'm. For, for for me, especially as a Fox player, as a Fox enthusiast, uh, this the summit is shaping up to be a fun one. Um, and, you know, to all y'all in the chat, uh, of course, as we always do on the program, uh, all you got to do is type exclamation mark radio melee, hop into the server. And this week we've got Zeke, uh, everyone's favorite Golden Guardian, who Let's is going to be selecting questions uh, from those that you ask. I know there's a lot to talk about this weekend. It's not just... Obviously going to be about the big house because we also had DreamHack Rotterdam just happen um, with with Leffen dropping a set to Triff, but then winning the whole event um, and then posting some kind of picture of a basketball player with a with a shark tornado kind of thing. That was that was interesting. Um, so you could ask about that. Um, you could talk. We could we could we could talk about Opsa winning another tournament uh, at the offseason, which is kind of uh, ridiculous. Uh, that dude's on a tear. Is he going to get ranked number one? If he wins one more event, he might. That's weird. <laughs> Never thought I'd live in that timeline, but here we are. So there's a lot to talk about, obviously, in Melee. Uh, but we're going to talk about whatever you want to talk about because it's your show. All you got to do is type in exclamation mark radio Melee. Yeah, for sure. And uh, to follow up real quick on, mm. on uh, you know, soon say reaching out to me a few years ago. Uh, it was it was not an easy decision to say no to that because I happen to like the way soon say plays a good bit. Uh, I find his movement to be quite intentional and 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 mm. and it's difficult to control Fox in the way he does that. And so it's very it's very pleasing to watch, and I'm glad we're getting to see him more and he gets the respect he deserves for the work he's putting in. 
that that was right. that was not my that was not my like attempt to put you in the hot seat. I oh promise. no, it's that fine. Just, that was that was something I thought was really funny. It was like my desperate attempt to just try and win that popularity contest. So sure, yeah, sure. I appreciate it. No, it's all good. But I, you know, I wanted to just make it known that I am happy to have you here and and to, to celebrate you on the show today. Um, and so anyway, uh, first question for you as a celebration: You broke your hand raging. What's up with that, man? Oh God. Okay. I told this story not too long ago on, I think it was King of the Cube, right? I think I mentioned this to you. Yeah. yeah. I, I mentioned it recently the other day on Alex 19s cause he started a podcast thing. And, uh, yeah, I basically, I think, I think it was cause like I got into the smash summit 10, like online thing. Like the only other time I've had anything to do with summit actually was when they did it online. Um, and I feel like a lot of players coming out of summit, and like, not to like, you know, make excuses or anything, but I think a lot of players coming out of Summit feel like they've like achieved this new level. They are like on this whole new level. They're successful. They, they've like entered that upper echelon. And I think it gives you a false sense of like how good you are. And I think mm. I kind of suffer from the same thing. I was like pretty ego driven, pretty frustrated when I wasn't getting the results I was thought I was supposed to be getting. I was like everything. So I ran into my demon of all demons just one too many times, which is Bobby Big Balls. And uh, I was just so mad at myself. I was so frustrated. I just kept getting hit by stuff. And I was like, you know, not to get hit by that. And it was like, I think it was like another Heartbreaker Game 5. And I just was, uh, yeah, I mean, I think everybody's been there at least frustrated. But I was so pissed off. I punched my chair like five times. And then just one of those times I was like, oh, my uh, my pinky didn't come back. It just like was stuck (laughs) in the down position. And I was like, oh, Okay, I am officially not only the stupidest guy ever, but I'm also having a DQ from losers. So that's great. <laughs> yeah. Well, what event was this again? What was the dude? It was like a TMT. It's not like yeah, I lost yeah, it. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that should that should tell you like what all about like the headspace I was in. I was not in a good headspace. Just like I don't know. It took a lot of like reinventing the wheel a bit. I don't think. I don't think my hands have been holding me back the last like year and a half or two. It's been like all mental and just not getting too frustrated right. when I feel like I deserve something. So right. yeah. Right. And it's been a few years since that. I just want to clarify for everyone. And you know, you've had time to to, you know, process that experience and and recalibrate and I'm, you know, work on the Falco matchup. <laughs> yeah. I, I it's been like a year and a half and like I don't I don't know. I it was just, like I said, a point in time, I think all the stars were aligning for me to think I was hot shit and then, and then just get knocked and have to deal with that and be like, oh, I'm, I'm losing it. And everybody's like, oh, you can't be losing to Bobby. And I'm like, he's good. Why is everybody is saying good. that? Like, why, why am I? Oh, my God. It was like it was the most frustrating thing ever because I would get right. clowned on, but then he'd be winning these events. And I was like, OK, fuck all of you. I'm fine. But uh, that yeah. is a that is that is even surprising for me because I feel like this was if I mean if if my timeline memory serves me right this was like when Bobby was beating Hbox you know and because they were playing every week that uh, I mean Bobby was but, beating a lot of really good people but it was just yeah I don't know you, you yeah. can't count for anything I think in any fighting game especially right, so you can right. take your chances so. You really can and I guess with Bobby there was always this element of like well Bobby could also lose to anybody so shouldn't. Shouldn't he be losing to you? <laughs> Shouldn't he I, be? I, him? It's like, he, to- right. he totally recalibrated my thoughts about him because at the time I was like, I thought to myself, I also shouldn't be losing to Bobby. And I had this whole mm-hmm. like, you know, ego driven, like, I don't know. I was kind of an asshole about it. And I, and it not, mm-hmm. not outwardly, but inwardly, I just felt like I wasn't that nice about it. And, oh. um, 
So, so then eventually I just kind of hit a point. And I was like, you know what? No, Bobby's a great player. And like, you mm-hmm. can say whatever you want about him, but he enters a ton of stuff. He's an, a grinder to the bone. So mm-hmm. I have no, I, if there's, he works harder than I do for sure. If there's a person that deserves it more, it would be him. So I don't know. Yeah. I, have, I have like all the respect in the world for him now. So he's definitely a good catalyst in being better there. And you know, there's something about this whole era, uh, because this was like 2020, you know, this was like mid-pandemic, and I think for a lot of people, a lot of people were just in kind of, to- you know, to varying degrees, uh, but toxic headspaces, right? I think it was really easy to be in your own head, maybe not even about melee, but about a lot of things, uh, because this was probably when social interaction was at the, you know, at its at its at its absolute least. You know, COVID was just wrecking everybody, and so you had when you take that and you're in your room all day, and Slippies come out and we're just playing online nonstop. I think it's so easy. Uh, for people to develop those sorts of uh, mentalities. So to oh. me, it makes perfect sense. I, I think online gaming spaces are like a breeding ground for that as it is. Mm. And when you pair mm-hmm. in like online gaming spaces is all you've got. You can't even go to like a local and just have a good time right. with some people you know well. It's like, oh, that is just, that has a breeding ground for being frustrated at any game, even yeah. like Melee. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that hardcore. Um, and, uh, but you know, uh, you rose out of that, and then, of course, yes. now we've got you. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, Big House was 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 really. I guess it just sort of came out of nowhere. But I mean, we so we talked, and you know, we kind of mentioned this a little bit on Twitter and stuff. But we did have that talk at at, at Gomble, and, and I, I don't even remember really what that spun out of. But I guess we were at the bar with Mango, and so for context for PP here, you know, me and me and Sunse were at the bar with Mango, and there were a couple other people there. Actually, Eric Hansen was there from Chesspra, uh mm-hmm. for some reason, and you know, so there were there's just a couple of us. And we just started talking about, you know, and I kind of poured my heart out to Sunsei and I told him, like, you know, I want, I want you to be great because I feel like you can be great. And, um, like, you, what if your expectations, what I want to ask you is, like, what if your, because it's, you, you, you made it sound a second ago, you made it sound like for Big House, you didn't have a ton of expectations going to the event. You didn't have some sense of, like, oh, I'm going to mess people up, I'm going to do really good. You were just kind of winging it. And what did that feel like? I don't know. I, like, you hear, you hear like other good players talk about the sensation of like when they play well, there's lots of like, you know, sports psychology stuff that people talk about when mm-hmm. like peak performance is like kind of achieved by limiting all of those like external judgments and factors, whether they're good or bad, like whether I went into event an event feeling like I was going to lose or if I was like super just torqued and ready, ready to win. I didn't, I, I had neither of those things and it was kind of by accident. I didn't, I, I really wish I could tell you like, yeah, I sat atop the mountaintop ever since the Gommel talk and I just grinded tech skill and I meditated. <laughs> none, of, none of those things happened. I just, I, I think I walked in. I didn't want to go to Detroit that weekend. I was literally talking to my family that day and I was like, I do not want to get on that plane. I do not want to be in Detroit for a weekend. I was like, yep. I was so not in the headspace to even like play well at big house. And then, um, out of nowhere, I just started to realize that like, maybe it's because I had like no expectations and it's probably a Mm. big part of it. But I, because I walked in with no expectations, I think I was also able to like, even if I was only playing like a seven or an eight out of 10, the negative thoughts that might normally creep in when you're thinking about expectations and wanting to do well, that Mm -hmm. would take you from like a seven down to like a five, just because you're frustrated. You're not playing out of 10. It's like, none of that happened. And like in all my sets, I was able to bring like a consistently great level 
of melee. Even if it wasn't perfect, I was ex- I was like totally okay with things not going quite as well. Maybe I missed some stuff. Maybe I didn't, and managed to just kind of claw it back into a, like a favorable situation repeatedly. And I was like, holy mm-hmm. shit! I just keep winning sets. I was like, oh, the left hand thing happened, and I was like, okay, he's kind of rusty. I could tell we were playing. Maybe it is just a fluke. And then I like beat Johnny, and I was like, okay. Like, holy shit, it's still <laughs> going on. And then I played yep. this week on Sunday, and I was like, I'm still, like, really just playing pretty good, and it's still just happening. So I didn't feel like I had some miracle happened, though, which was cool. I, I've been saying this yeah. to people because they'd asked about it. There was no, mm-hmm. there, there was no, like, miracle. I didn't feel like I woke up and just, like, my hands had suddenly been blessed by, you know, the heavens. Right. Um, I feel like I was just, like, very relaxed the whole time and played really well as a result. I don't know how else to describe it. Okay. I actually want to ask about this because I think something that's very fascinating is okay for the Levin set, and the Johnny set. And this is what really worried me, honestly, for both of you. And when I say both of you, I mean you and Pipsqueak because those who were, you know, scoping out the bracket might remember that there was a, there was a chunk that where the, the projected seeds didn't make it because Plup dropped out because he was sick. And of course you beat Levin. And so getting into winner's side of top eight on one side, I think it was like Mango and Zane or whatever. But then on the other side, it was you and Pipsqueak. And you had a whole night to think about that because I think that that match was like, that was your first match, right? I think Sunday morning because Sunday morning was top 24, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. Yeah, Sunday top 24 and then top eight happened a few hours later. So you must have, or maybe you just avoided it. Maybe you pulled an ax, but I, I kind of want you to talk about it a little bit. Like, did you realize like, holy shit, I've, this is a, per- this is a great bracket. I feel like such a, lo- like- I, I, I feel like a loser. Cause like I, I, every time I like go, no, seriously. Cause like every time I go on like a run or I do well, yeah. I'm just craving positive reinforcement. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I don't go read Twitter. I don't go read Reddit. People yeah, talking yeah. about the upsets. People talk, <laughs> I, I hate, I, I'm not, I'm not that cool that I just turn my phone off and go eat dinner. And go to bed. <laughs> I've never yeah. been that guy. Every time I've done well, I've wanted to just be like, Oh, I hope people thought that was cool. I've always thought that. Uh-huh. And, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and I, w- I, I wish I was cooler than that, but that is the case with me. And so <laughs> I immediately was reading. I was on Twitter. I was on Reddit. I was everywhere. I was mm-hmm. like, Hey, what do people think of this? And the first thing I got, and, and this was what pissed me off so much, is everybody was just complaining about the left and seed as if I didn't just like beat Johnny right Beating. after, as if I, right. yeah. And so, and so I was like, I was like, okay, the, the big argument I had is I was like, if you see left and fourth or seventh, like the left and I got that day could have lost either way. It wasn't like a seeding problem that caused left and to lose. It felt like people in hindsight right. were like, oh yeah, of course he lost to Sue and Sam. I'm like, no, nobody called that happening. Like, come on. That, that's um, crazy. And so, so I, I did check it out. I wasn't thinking about, I, I wasn't really thinking that much about top eight. I was just like, I'm good at the Fox ditto. I'm playing pretty good. I have mm-hmm. a lot of experience versus box players and like Zuppy specifically. Oh, box, box. Zuppy. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So I was, I was chill. I was like, I was like, I also have a hilariously good record versus European players just from a couple like <laughs> times that I've been over there uh, for work. And oh, I yeah, them. you won. Um, you won. It was oh Nang. It was Nang. It was a UK Nang. event. And, and uh, I, I love all those guys, so I'm not trying to rub it in. They're they're amazing scene. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was really confident because I was like, I don't know if it's just like a European thing. Like I had beaten like Prof and Sechi and Frenzy. And then after the Leffen win, I was like, Pipsqueak, Pipsqueak's got to be shaking in his boots right now. I'm, I am, I am, I'm just mucking European players right now. And so on Sunday, I was feeling good is kind of my point. And I was kind of having a laugh about it. Even if I lost, I was like, you know what? It's still an incredible performance. And I think I backed up the Leffen win with like another good win. Yeah. Um, So 
all my expectations were exceeded because they were the bar was set so low that I think I was just calm the whole time. It was cool. It was right. really really weird sensation for sure. Jeez, yeah, that's that's insane. Um, the uh, yeah, actually, I mean, if we get a chance to talk about, it, I even want, I might want to ask you more about um your your you 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 mentioned you you have a lot of experience against box box foxes, and I almost I almost wonder if you have any thoughts there from a gameplay perspective. Like, do they play differently? Yeah, you know, so they like do. Like a- I I've, I've got I've got a theory on this, and it's like yeah. I, and it might not be this way in a few years, but this is like my meta call for now is that yeah. I think box players with the advantages they have sort of mm-hmm. play to those advantages a little too obviously. Like they're hitting instant, uh, instant, instant nares out of shield. Like the second you're even near them, they're getting right. stuff out of shield super clean. And so in a way it sort of becomes this weird backwards meta crutch where like they, because they're so good at like a few subset things, I feel like I'm mm. always more on guard to watch out for them because I know they're going to go for them. And so it's like mm. easier to sort of, I, I wouldn't say I'm like conditioning that sort of thing, but you just can play in a certain way that gets them to go for those options a lot and you just can always know they're coming. So I'm like, yeah, on paper, they're doing the most amazing frame perfect stuff, comes out super fast, mm. but then mm. but then on the next level, I'm like, well, if I know they're going to do it, it doesn't matter how good it was, you know? So that's that's how I feel about it right now. Maybe in a few years when their play styles really become more cemented and they know not to just abuse what like the box can give them, that might not be such a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the time being, I've noticed with most box players, I'm like, they'll tend to go for shine out of shields more often. So I'm going to play around that spacing mm-hmm. instead of something else because they know they can hit it. And like, there's just this weird execution meta where I, I feel like they, I, I know what they're going to do because I know what they're confident in doing. Um, so it's just weird. It, it's like, it's totally weird on paper. It's an amazing yeah. controller. gives you a lot of amazing advantages, but in practice, I think there's just a lot of exploitable player based habits that emerge from using the box. Yeah, that is super. That is super interesting. I mean, it makes sense. That that does make sense. People will tend to default to, you know, what they feel gives them success. And I think there's a lot of you get a lot of positive feedback when you hit some technique really cleanly or something. So that does make sense to me. But um, yeah, PB, did you have anything you wanted to uh, dig into before we tackle Omps's community voice from last week, as well as uh, bring some callers on? Yeah, I wanted to. Uh... I wanted to rebound from my first question and ask something hey. a little nicer. Uh, uh-huh. And that is, uh, you know, soon say you, like I alluded to earlier, I mean, you, I think, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, really enjoy watching, you know, you move and control Fox in a lot of ways. And I think regardless of your expectations for yourself, I think at this event, you know, uh, you really showed that you'd still put a lot of work in regardless of how you felt about it or didn't feel about it or any of that. And so you don't have to, you know, divulge a whole lot, but I think it'd be kind of cool for people that are, you know, maybe watching uh, fledgling Sunsei fans out there. What, what, uh, what's something that you can tell them that's maybe different about the way you approach the game, think about it, practice it, that maybe they could use or, or at least find interesting? I mean, I, it's been weird. I, even on Alex 19's thing, we ended up talking a lot about like mental health and, mm. uh, just, the the impact being in a good headspace has on like your ability to play melee and maybe not right. overcomplicate too much stuff. Right. If if I had a recommendation to anybody, or if I had to like distill it down to like a couple droplets of truth or my my version of what I think has gone down, is take the breaks that like you don't want to take. You know, there'd be times where it feels like you just gotta really put your nose to the grindstone and just I don't know. I, I think you can push yourself too hard in anything. And mm-hmm. oftentimes, oftentimes when you come back to things, the 
the payoff because you fall back in love with that thing, whether it's, it could be anything, but I mean, as far as melee is concerned, I think just like taking breaks is so slept on as far as, Mm. um, even, even if you come back to the game and like objectively you're playing worse, maybe your execution's worse, or maybe your decisions aren't quite as fast or however you want to try and put it there. Your enjoyment of the game is usually renewed. And I think that that leads to a lot more growth and like long-term sometimes it helps you detach, I guess, from like, the ego part of the game that you maybe don't realize that snuck up on you. At least that's what happened for me. Like I was talking about earlier. So take breaks and, and also take some time to reflect and like even, even talking to a friend of mine recently who's sort of been getting back into the game is tags quaff. He's like super Mm. hidden boss from a region. He's Mm. honestly the goat, but even talking to him, he's been getting really frustrated. And I was like, Mm. you just have to like learn, learn to remove the concept of deserving things in the game and even out of the game. The, the the idea of deserving is like what takes away all enjoyment and contributes to like 100% of at least my frustration. Whenever I feel like I deserve something, uh, if it goes my way, then sure. But if it doesn't go my way, it's like the most brutal stake mm-hmm. through the heart. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That's I, I, All I can say is like, yeah, sure. Practice your tech skills. Spend all the time you want in the world sitting in your little den and just in the darkness grinding melee tech skill. But I don't think anything will help you more than like, what's up going on in your head. So if you're not in a good headspace, I wouldn't expect to do much. You know, yeah. it's funny because, you know, the more you feel like you deserve stuff, whatever it is, um, but also, you know, yeah, if you don't get it, it sucks. But even if you do get what you deserve, uh, it takes the joy out of it, doesn't it? Because you kind of are now, you feel like you deserve an invite to Summit and they invite you. You're not the, happy about it the way that, somebody like you is right. You're, you're, uh, you're like, yeah, of course, this is what I deserve. So, so it takes the joy out and, and th- you don't want to be like that either. I wish, I wish it didn't happen this way, but like right after I lost to AMSA and found out mm-hmm. I got into summit, I was like, Oh, I got into summit sick. I was so excited about that. And I was like, even if I lose to Zane, even if I get fifth place, like this uh-huh. has been such an amazing tournament. Cool. Then yeah. about 40 minutes later, I was watching mango play AMSA in grands. And I was like, man, I was playing really good versus Amsa. Like that could have been me up there. And this, I was like, uh, holy shit. Oh, how did this bar within 45 minutes to, and, and yeah, on, on one hand, that's like the hunger of being a competitor and yeah, always wanting right. something more. But on the other hand, I just had to like try and, you know, be remind myself. I was like, no, shut up. You got fifth at like a really big tournament. Mm-hmm. Like don't, mm-hmm. don't, don't like, uh, don't suddenly sell that in and be like, nope, you've got, I wanted third. I wanted second. I wanted first. Like, no, fifth was awesome. Summit's amazing. That's exactly what I mm-hmm. set out for when I, when I even started playing melee and like seeing the summit events, I just was like, mm. that's, you know, it's just the second you achieve that thing, you're onto the next thing and it's never enough. So trying, that's like a life thing, <laughs> but trying to, trying to temper that expectation as well. Like in the moment I was like, holy shit, it's creeping up on me again. So yeah, it's, it's, a, it's that, that's another weird sensation that came along with having such a great weekend as I was like, Oh, I'm greedy. It could have been even better. You know, could have been even better. <laughs> that is how that goes. Yeah, that definitely is how that goes. I feel like you, you hear you, you, you definitely everyone, everyone I think has been there, and 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 it and it really does happen. You know, a lot in tournaments when you when you don't temper it at least. Um, yeah. But yeah, really funny to hear. Uh, well, let's let's um, let's take a look at the community voice mm-hmm. uh, from last week. We had Amsa on. Uh, celebrating uh, the big win at Big House, and Amsa again. Amsa's just been on a tear, but he basically he had like more than one question. Yeah, uh, if I remember, you know, it was it was kind of like a combo question. Mm-hmm. He was basically asking about up and coming Yoshi mains and um, and, and where Yoshi is on the tier list. 
Where, where Yoshi is on the tier list. That's right. Uh, so I think we've got kind of some 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 so combination answers, answers here. here. Muck Manor saying, I've thought of Yoshi as high tier for years now. I don't think he can realistically be called mid-tier anymore after this victory. In my mind, the tier list goes S is Marth Fox Puff Falco Sheik. A plus is Peach Falcon Ices, and you've got Pika and Yoshi at A. Also, the next big Yoshi to watch is Whiskers Baby. Let's go NYC. Woo! I kind of agree with that. I feel like, you know, Whiskers is actually one of the uh, the Yoshis I haven't fought myself, but I feel like I feel like when I do watch Whiskers, I'm the most impressed. And I and I feel like Whiskers wins relative to how often Whiskers actually goes to like events, like especially traveling. Like Whiskers is really good results for the fact that I feel like Whiskers doesn't go anywhere. Um so that's pretty promising. If if Whiskers does start going to like majors, I think that could be uh you know, that could be that could be uh that that could be a player. Let's say if you're a betting man, that's someone to, someone to put your money on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we got OTG saying, "I think Yoshi's at the top of B tier with potentially A tier around around Peach." Okay, but first, I'd like to see more Yoshi's placing high and Amsa to show the sauce versus Sheik and Falcon. Just prove the character can go even or close to it with the best reps of those characters. The second best Yoshi is Moki, aka Moshi Moki Nodders. Um, yeah, you know the funny thing is, uh, I mean, this was obviously this was written five days ago. Um, uh, and at the time, I guess Amsa did have that win over Wizzy from two weeks ago at LTC. Mm-hmm. But w- Amsa did get that win again. Um, has now beaten Wizzy two times in a row. And it's funny because I think before LTC, Amsa had only beaten Wizzy once a lifetime. And I think it was like years and years and years and years and years ago at some summit in like pools or something, I think. Um, so, you know, I will say that the, the interesting thing about Amsa to me right now is Amsa looks a lot better at the historically bad matchups. Um, Peach is going to be an interesting one. You know, I think, um, I think Amsa, like Laud is someone we haven't seen go to a ton of majors. Obviously Laud feels pretty busy, but that's someone I would want to see if Amsa could, could get around and, and some of the Sheik players as well. Obviously Amsa is pretty consistent against JMook right now, but Plup, for example, has been someone who's been tough for Amsa. So I'm really interested to see if Amsa can shore up some of these, uh, these tougher, I wouldn't say, you know, not impossible by any stretch of the imagination but i agree i would love to see what ops is going to bring to the table in those matchups oh did ops beat lot at pound oh it was polish that i was thinking of okay well whatever point being i feel like i feel like the goalpost kind of moved on ops though a little bit maybe just because i was watching the big house it's like hbox was the demon and everybody's like he is the number one blocker for ops winning stuff right like and then all of a sudden He's gotten some HBox window under his belt, and they're like, well, okay, now he's got to beat all the Sheiks and Wizzies to really prove that Yoshi can do it, like, uh-huh. even, on, even in the hardest brackets. And I'm like, I don't know. I, I think that, like, I think he, especially with the Big House win, I think he's kind of set the stage to be like, no, it's not a character thing anymore. Like, the onus is on me to just play well that day. It's not, it's not like, I don't know. I kind of view that character differently. Not even, even with the yeah. Big House win or not, he's sort of just been getting to a point where, he's proving what the character can do beyond a shadow of a doubt and what the character can do. Doesn't just automatically lose to like Falcon or Sheik. you know, he's, he's done it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I think you're right. Like, because, um, we almost are conditioned to talk that way about Amsa because Amsa plays this weirder character, which is Yoshi. (laughs) And so we feel like when Amsa loses, like, Amsa could lose because he's just not playing as hot as he normally does or whatever on, on a certain day. And then we say, oh, tough matchup, I guess. I guess, it was, I guess it's a tough matchup. But 
when whereas like you know if mango loses or something or zane loses it's just like oh you know they, they made mistakes but really really yoshi can just get the job done and it's 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 often less of a oh the math the matchup sucks blah 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 problem and it's really we should just be we should giving Amsa that level of respect and we should be really giving yoshi that level of respect um where this character is pretty cracked yeah i i just don't see it being like i don't know with the goalposts like i said it, melee Everybody gets better at executing every year. You're seeing crazier and crazier stuff from like your average Twitter poster. And it's like, if that doesn't tell you about where the game's going as far as people's ability to execute in game and Yoshi's mm-hmm. big barrier, I don't know for sure. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's been years of like, oh, Yoshi's bad because of X, Y, and Z. But I thought his big thing was that like the execution barrier to parrying and shutting out moves and like being able to play that way consistently and being like so frame tight all the time is like, not feasible, but that sounds a lot to me. Like I don't know, was it Mewtwo King saying Fox isn't feasible at a top level years and years ago because right, his execution's right, right. too high? It's yeah. like I I don't know. I just uh, Amsa seems like he's got the execution. So it's like if that was the barrier, then there's no real reason to blame any like tier lists here. There's nothing. There's nothing that I can see that's stopping it from from happening and him continuing to beat every character on the basis that his execution's amazing and he is the better player. You know, makes a lot of sense. To be to be perfectly yeah. honest, yeah, not to not to like say that that has no merit. I'm not saying it's just. I think he's definitely proven that it's not so like people people were saying it's Yoshi as a character. Like he simply doesn't have the tools, and I'm like, no, nobody's been able to play him in a freaky ass way that he can just like <laughs> totally destroy people. And now someone actually is doing it. So like we're right. finally at that point. So. I, I'm not saying I'll see Yoshi dominating the meta because of that major execution barrier that Amsa's managed to, like, you know, come to grips with and, and overcome in a lot of ways. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know if I see it that way as like necessarily he has to beat the Falcons and the Sheiks to really prove it. I think he already has more than proven it in other matchups that are more difficult on paper. I think you're right. Yeah, that that is a. I think that's a pretty like uh let's say a refreshing take because i i don't i think i agree by and large and i also don't think i've heard too many people really express that like that so i like that um but speaking of takes uh time to get our callers on we got a couple mm. callers we got a couple questions in that submit topics here channel um i think we might have some of the repeats uh if, if you drop by last week but our first caller is gonna be tarzan xxx04 where are you calling in from, and uh, what do you got for us today, Tarzan? Hey, so I'm from uh, Northern California. Oh, awesome. Me too. Sweet, sweet. So um, first thing I want to do before I ask my question is uh, I want to say a quick thank you to you, Tof, and PP. Um, hmm. Tof, you were actually the reason that I became a collegiate Smash Brothers coach and commentator for my college. Hmm. And wow. PP, you were the inspiration for me to like play competitive Smash Brothers, because I've been watching since about... 2005 and really wasn't sure that i wanted to get into it until college and just wanted to say thank you for that first oh thank you that's super cool to hear which college by the way uh it was at grand canyon university i did it for two years so shout out to grand canyon university arizona um great great smash brothers uh ultimate community out there they had a little bit of a Mm -hmm. melee community but not not quite as much um but my Mm -hmm. question for you guys is with this like new generation of players, uh, especially with like ultimate players who come down to play melee, do you see that there could be an opportunity for more low tiers to kind of come into the light with like dual meaning as they do in um, Smash Ultimate? 
or do you think that there's going to be some mix up in competition or do you think they're kind of just going to stay with high tiers? Interesting. Um, and it's, this is specifically about like low tier because you, you know, in terms of dual maining, obviously you can dual main top tiers, but you're more wondering right. in terms of like low tier dual mains. Yeah, because like in in specifics with like you know Smash Brothers Ultimate, some like people main really high tier characters, and there's somebody a little bit lower in the high tiers, but some people will actually like main you know a high tier character and have a low tier character just to mix it up and and kind of throw people mm, off their game. Kind of like what Aklo does. Yes, Aklo is a great example. Yeah, Aklo would be yeah. to just me like the Aklo. premier example. Yeah. Um, you know, the most compelling thing I've ever seen on this note is like, yeah, so Aklo, obviously. And then, and then I think there's something to be said potentially for like, for example, like FD or like things like that. Like you, you know, Mango was experimenting for a while. I mean, Mango even tried Scorpion Master at one point on FD, uh, which of course is Mango's Mario. And that like, to me can work, but the, the only thing about it is like for every instance of somebody like Amsa or somebody like Akla, let's say. There's also the fact that it feels like, for example, the Foxes right now are on the other side of things, as an example, doing a lot better in th those matchups. Like, you know, it feels like there are more question marks around matchups than ever before, right? Zane's been losing to Cody, and Mango and Cody have started winning on FD. And so I almost feel like I would want to say yes, because, like, there are examples of people doing this. But then on the flip side, you know, everyone's also pushing their solo mains so hard right now that I feel like, you know, it almost it's it's, so, it's such a murky time to answer this question. Like, I really don't, I really don't know. What do y'all think? What do you? What's up, soon Say, what are you thinking, man? Oh no, <laughs> I'm just thinking like the kind of like what Tove's saying. It's it's the same energy as far as if you wanna if you wanna pursue a low tier or a mid tier. I don't know if dual maining is going to be like, I, I feel like I'd sooner see some crazy solo Roy main really like upsetting people than I would like a Falco Roy main, you know, like, I, I don't think we'd see it that much. And like, I, I, I don't, I don't necessarily just like maybe even using AMSA as reference as someone who has like hard committed for the last, however many years to just Yoshi. Like, I think that's what it took to bring that character to, um, to the level it's at. I think if you started seeing like, let's say Aklo's got a link or, or maybe more picks like that, where someone who's really good picks up a secondary, I think you just run into the issue where someone would spend a couple weeks watching some VODs of their, their link gameplay or their Mario gameplay. And those characters at the level that those people are playing them at are a lot more solvable. It's, it's not like they have a really deep vetted history of tricks that they've got like AMSA, who's got just so many years of tried and true experience maybe like way down the road i just don't know if i'm going to see it in the immediate future with how people are pushing like tof said their solo characters mm -hmm. my concern yeah. uh to put my couple two cents into it is um if you're playing a low tier or a mid tier with a high or top tier character i've seen a lot of people do that and they just become a high tier character main uh, because it's like you you lose a game and it's like well who do i want to go here do i want to do i want to counterpick myself or do i want to you know take do i want to marth fd someone right and and you know you you eventually i think a lot of people give into that and that's fair and so i think you know if you go the other way a little bit like if you you have something unconventional sometimes like Aklo's link or or whatever you might see it a little more and i also think there's something to be said for um you know we 
Soonsei's talked a little bit about, you know, the reinforcement you can get. Um, I think if you do play a mid or low tier, I think a lot of people want to gas you up for that one. I mean, some people will hate on it, but I think a lot of people will gas you up for it. Um, and be like, yeah, this is sick. I love that you're doing it. And so that can, that can encourage, you know, a lot of people in that way. Um, a character that I can just kind of shout out to kind of bridge the gap here a little bit. I, I've been hearing, mm. uh, I see a little bit from DK players, uh, online tourneys occasionally. Um, I know that they have a discord where they lab and things like that. And DK is like a decent enough character and like, you know, Rishi will pull out the DK and sometimes like either snag a, snag a game or two. And, some, and in the past, I think he's done even more than that, if I remember correctly. But the point is that there's DK is like a good enough character where you could do something like that with. And so there might be more of that. I think people especially are very curious about these mid tiers and low tiers that you know, maybe could benefit a lot from a lot of labbing. Um, I mean, Dr. Mario is a character where if you could find more ways to land his back here and get people, he'd be a lot better, for example, right? Mm -hmm. So if you could, you can find setups for that, that would be really good. Um, and that's just, and that just comes to a, down to a matter of like, you know, how much work do you want to put in? Do you want to put in that top tier main type of work? Or, you know, do you want to just put all that, or you just want to, you know, use what everyone else has done? And so that's, I think as we get bigger and bigger, we'll see more of that. But do I think there will be, you know, to like a high tier, low tier character uh, player? Probably not so much. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was just, I was just curious, just in the in the sense of like, kind of seeing how modern Smash players compared with melee. So I was just curious to know if that comes up in a sense. I think the thing about melee in contrast with Smash Ultimate, because like I played Smash Ultimate, and I think that like with Smash Ultimate, some of these tougher matchups that like you know, let's say lower character lower tier characters have, or honestly even like even a lot of the high tiers, I feel like matchups can be a little bit more linear in that game. Like they feel right. more like, okay, this option exists that this character can do, and or like your kill confirm or whatever that you need um like doesn't work in this matchup, so you might consider it counter pick um whereas in melee like i feel like there's a lot there's more dynamism in that sense and like you can kind of often circumvent bad matchups by like you know let's say using some techniques that no one's really used before or something like that like there's like i don't know i, I guess an example of this would be okay let's take like roy jigglypuff in melee which is a pretty horrific matchup but then on the flip side roy is this wonky like instant kill with the first of the up or whatever that you can get off of throws as it turns out um, if you mix their DI up. And so, like, we saw, you know, no one had seen this done at a high level before, but, like, when Zane was playing Roy um, during the Don't Test Me era, you know, Zane was actually getting setups into the B on Hungrybox. And it was like, oh, shit, like, this is, like, and it's DI dependent, and you kind of have to, like, you know, you kind of have to outplay them to get it. It's not very free, but it's the kind of thing that, like, oh, this kind of throws a little wrench in the matchup. And I feel like there's right. more... There's a lot more of that in Melee, and there's more ways to push, uh, like, little subtleties. Like, there's ways to find uh, weaknesses, I guess, that an opponent might have because of, you know, DI just being greater and, and, um, and, and, and I would say universal movement options just in general. Like, there's more, there are more universal advanced techniques that are available to all characters. There's crouch canceling, for example. Um, whereas in, in, in all, there's less universal techniques that things are more character specific. And I feel like that's why most of the time people just either solo main or like, yeah, if they're going to do the dual main thing, it's like, it's more specific. It might be for a stage or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, it is interesting. You mentioned dual mating. I know the question was more about lower tier characters. 
But I, I do still think there's room. The pendulum kind of swings every couple of years as to what the what the what the consensus seems to be in the in the melee community of like is dual maining ultimately better at a high level or not? Because I remember in like the 2015 time frame when, for example, you had PP, who was a premier example with Marth and Falco, and then you had Mutu King um, with Marth and Sheik and a little bit of Fox, and then you had like Mango with the Spaces, and you had. Even and and then you know Armada was Peach mostly, but then then there was the Fox, right? So there was like there was a period a couple of years ago where it felt like most of the top players were dual mating, and you 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 know for the rate the radio melees of the time or whatever podcasts were happening at the time, everyone was basically talking about oh the highest level players they all dual main, and that's what sets them apart, and because they dual main, they're able to um, conserve some stamina you know, uh, in tournaments or whatever, because they're not having to, you know, if they feel like they're, you know, they can, they can mix it up and, and, and stay a little bit more fresh in terms of whatever. There were all these things that people would say about why dual mating is ultimately better. And now everyone at the top level solo mating. And now people are saying, well, you know, really, really, uh, solo mating, you know, you really need to, um, really dedicate all your effort into one character because melee is so hard, blah, blah, blah. And there's a million things you could say to, to push one side of it or the other. Um, and I'm not really super duper ultimately convinced. Uh, that 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 there's a really a right answer or, or wrong answer. We've we've seen we've seen both um, solo mating and dual, dual mating be very much in vogue. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so 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 I don't know. I, I think that um, you know if I was a if I was a rising uh, top player, if I had aspirations to be a top player, I would I would take all of the conventional wisdom with a grain of salt because I really do think there's there's no real wrong way to do it. Right. You know. No, I I, I uh, that totally makes sense. Like just kind of hearing your guys' thought on it just from mm-hmm. you know from the highest level and you guys having all the experience in it. So totally makes sense. I saw this guy Blue Zaft when I was commentating. Blue Zaft actually has been around forever. Blue Zaft is like an 06 player or earlier. Um you remember Blue Zaft PP probably yep. from Smash Bros. and stuff. But I was commentating a Blue Zaft game uh this weekend at um uh the offseason and I was like oh my goodness this guy's still around. And so Blue Zaft plays Puff and Marth. Um and goes puff for, you know, goes Marth for spaces and then goes puff, you know, screw puff Fox. That's pretty, you know, that can be a hard matchup, but Blue Zap is going puff for Sheik, for example. Um, and everyone talks about how that could be a pretty good dual main combination, but no one's really done it. And I was kind of thinking like, yeah, this is, this is pretty compelling. I see, I see how this is effective. So, you know, uh, I think there's a lot of unexplored opportunities there that uh, you just, someone just has to do. I don't know. But yeah, that's how I feel about it, Tarzan. Thank you for uh, the question, and uh, if there's any shout-outs you want to do, uh, feel free to for, feel free to do them now. Well, shout-outs to NorCal Community uh, Melee. I personally haven't been out to a tournament yet. Uh, I really want to uh, at some point. Um, the second thing is uh, I want to shout you guys out again for you know getting me into Smash Brothers at a very young age, and you guys actually got me into another competitive esport. I'm in uh, competitive Tetris, so... Mm-hmm. Shout out to you guys for, you know, doing that for me. So I appreciate, you know, y'all having me on. Yeah, no worries. Hopefully. You have a good rest of your day, gamer. You too. See ya. Mm. All right. Thank you to Tarzan for the question. Hope Tarzan says hi if I ever uh, see him at a NorCal mm. local one of these days. Uh, but it's time to get our next caller on, and I think it is Neptune. Neptune, what is up? up? Welcome to the program, Neptune. Uh, what you got for today? Where are you calling in from? Hello, hello. I am calling in from South Florida, like always. <laughs> and, Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. And my question is for Sensei specifically, 
Um, it brought up a couple times during Big House on how much you've improved since playing against Opsa in, in Gamo earlier this year. Uh, a lot of people brought it up and such. So I'm wondering, what were the ways in which you've learned and improved since then, whether on a fundamental or general level, mentally, or with certain matchups? Uh, okay, I'll get my John out of the way first of all. I went to Gommel on a red-eye flight, and I played Omsa on, like, maybe the worst sleep or lack of sleep I've ever had in my life. So, oh, no. I, so, so, so I just want to say that probably getting a much, much better sleep helped my chances alone just to play against Omsa on at Big House versus Gommel. I trying to play Melee when you are not... Trying to do anything when you have no sleep is just the worst, but... Um, <laughs> As far as like improvements leading into Gom or leading into Big House coming from Gommel, it's kind of just the same as always. But I guess the main big difference is that before, and this again, this ties into like the the effort, um, the effort stuff. But I think there was a lot of out, like or like the perception of putting in a lot of effort and hoping that's going to get results. But um, oh, what was I going to say? The uh, the whole thing for me was just. Um, showing up like I, I know that people like kind of talk about you know you got to go to everything and really care about it and just you know mm. really show up and want to win like have have this desire to win and like try to win or like i don't know people phrase it all sorts of different ways for me mentally the biggest thing was like not having any of that expectation on board um yeah i still put in the same amount of prep yeah i clocked in clocked out i practiced my tech skill i i, I watched vods i watched lots of stuff but i i it might not sound like it, but like for be before the Gommel set, I have a lot of Yoshi experience. I've played a lot of Yoshi in my time so far. Mm. Um, mm. And, and it just so happened that a lot of factors out of game, I think set me up. I had an awesome breakfast at big house. I had a great sleep. I drank my orange mm -hmm. juice. I had my water. I had an amazing hour and a half warm up with a great Yoshi player from Ontario. I like all those stars kind of aligned for me to do well. So I wish, I wish I had more of a, um, cinderella story to tell you of just like how how i how i've just grinded and made it all work but i can't sell short how important it is to get all those out of out of game factors right as well people talk like about you know getting bad sleeps and having a bad day in 10 a.m pools or whatever uh but i i, I don't think um I don't, I don't know jokes aside that stuff makes a huge difference so mm -hmm. yes i still did all my stuff i did all my vod review i've always spent time doing vod review and i've spent a lot of time obviously playing melee to stay fresh make sure my hands can do what i want them to do assuming my brain will let them do the smart stuff um but that is yeah that, that that's pretty much it i would honestly give it like an 80 20 of out of game factors to like how much i actually mm. changed between gommel and big house yeah, and I—that's how it I, goes, though. A lot of the time. And uh, you know what I what I really like about what you've been saying is I think it ties into conversations we have on here a lot. I think there is this kind of consciousness change that is slowly mm -hmm. but surely coming into melee about how we've got to take better care of ourselves, physically, mentally, all that stuff, and how how vastly important it is to consider that we're a human playing melee and not just melee players. Mm -hmm. Um. Mm -hmm. And and so I you know I love that and I absolutely you know support that and I and but I also want to make sure for the hyper nerds out there that don't care about any of the stuff you just said and are going to ignore it unfortunately, um, what were some in game things 
just to you know do that what were some in-game yeah. things that you still learned even though you could i yes i understand about the sleep and everything believe me i totally <laughs> get it i feel you but what are some things that could have uh that that did that you did learn and you did improve in game uh between those between those times yeah fair point yeah yeah no it was it wasn't just the sleep of course um <laughs> the uh a big thing for playing against omsa is that um, or really any high level melee is that it becomes less about getting what you want and more about giving mm. them less of what they want. I, I at least I find like mm. if I'm playing good melee and I mean, you hear a lot of people, it kind of gets distilled down to uh, don't get hit or, you know, mm. stop trying to hit them so much. But, um, for, for me and, and specifically playing into AMSA or any low tiers, low slash mid tiers is that oftentimes they kind of suck at creating opportunities. And usually it's just like brain dead spacey mm. mode feeding them openings um so and that that not to not to throw all the spacey brethren under the bus but that's sometimes how it feels you just get right. totally opened up for not being the smartest about your approaches like you're playing the better character so why aren't you winning um but mm -hmm. I, I in game i would say like if i really had to go um i was way more conscious of playing around omses like shield drop spacings uh, like where, how he's going to go for shield drop nares. You, you'll see in a lot of those games, I was going for like really weird single hit up airs, like just trying to catch him coming out of shield at a time. He wasn't maybe expecting me to put an aerial there, but yeah, I wasn't yeah. challenging him on platform in any other way. Um, in fact, even his shield, I was just leaving him alone. A lot of what I was doing when I played against him was reading roles. And I've always done that versus Yoshi, but trying to put him in position to read a lot of roles and everybody loves a good role read. So it was awesome for the crowd to get into it. But mm. that, uh, that those types of things were, were like a major difference between Gommel and there. I didn't respect his spacing at Gommel one bit. I was just like, I'm going to Fox him. I'm going to hit him with drills. I'm going to just like punish him. Whereas coming into the big house set, I spent a lot of time warming up and being really conscious about just how far that double jump nair mix up can go positionally mm. and mm. just trying to maintain mm -hmm. a really, really obnoxious spacing um, so that he would never be able to just like be sure that a nair was going to connect. It was always a guess for him. And yeah, if he wins the mix up, like I happen to approach at that particular time, timing mix mm. up and he gets mm. me, it's cool. I'm not going to be tilted about that. Um, and, 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 and I know he will have earned it. I just did not want to give anything to him on a silver platter. And so I tried right. to play that spacing. It's like, I don't know if you if you think of like, let's say a battlefield size stage is like roughly chopped mm -hmm. up into four quarters. You're at least, you know, half a stage length away from him at any given moment mm. just to make sure that you're not in range of like some mix up that he's going to get a big open up off of. So that was that was the big difference. If you watch the big house games, I was dash dancing a lot and I was staying outside of that range mm -hmm. a lot and trying to mix mm -hmm. up when I was going to be in that range. I, I heard a really uh, really great tip from Drug Fox uh, in a lesson that I did a couple months ago about the Fox Peach matchup, which is, uh, you know, obviously it's the, it's a little bit different than Yoshi, but there are obviously a lot of similarities. Uh, as we know, Yoshi is, after all, just a better Peach, um, mm. according to Law. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I'm yeah. so happy to I'm so glad you're hearing really that happy, again. Yeah. But, yes. you know, okay, obviously there's similar characters. They, they don't have the mobility that, like, Fox has. So you're the one that gets to set that pace, and you get to pick those spacings a lot more than they do. Um, and what, what Drunk Fox basically said to me is he was watching me fight this dude, because we, you know, we're studying some VOD. And he was like, you know, this is going okay, but, like, if you had to fight Peach as Fox on a stage... That was one, one, well, okay, yeah, so let's use the quadrant example that Sunse brought up. One-fourth the size of Battlefield. So it's like just 
imagine maybe just a side platform, like literally just one little tiny platform, and you're fighting Peach. Uh, who pro- who do you think wins that matchup? And I was like, well, shit, it's probably, probably Peach. Peach probably just wins the matchup. Like you're just she always gets to be exactly where she wants. And he was like, well, the way you fight Peach, you're always running in and you're always taking engagements in ways that they are happy to. And so that's basically what you're doing. You're fighting Peach in a quadrant of Battlefield. Um, and so you're basically, you're playing a losing matchup. Like you're doing about as good as you could be, but you could make this so much easier for yourself if you backed off every now and then really played the full stage. And I'd never heard it put to me that way before. Um, and I think this is very similar or basically the same thing to what Sunse is saying right now. Uh, and there's definitely a lot of matchups where this sort of thing applies in one direction or the other, you know. Um, but this is what they mean. I, I kind of think of this almost, you know, with spacing. To me, there's almost like there's almost like a micro element of spacing, which is like literally, are you spacing around like, okay, Peach is a dash attack or Martha's dash attack or something. Are you spacing around that move? Like what move are you actually playing around? But then there's also the macro element of spacing, which is literally where like where are you literally positioning? Um not not looking for any individual move, but 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 you know, what is your game plan uh with regards to where you're at on the stage most of the time? Um to you know, <laughs> before you even get into individual moves. Uh and and that's something I hadn't really ever thought about too much before. Um at, at least not in my own gameplay. Uh so it's cool to hear this from Sunsei with regards to the Yoshi matchup, because I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think I think it's a huge misconception that people hear like their best characters, you know, Marth, Fox, Falco, Puff, I guess, you know, whatever. All those like top right. seven or eight characters, they win the matchup and people are like, oh, cool. That means that he they win it from anywhere. They just get to right. play however they want and they just win. And it's like, right. no, 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 you don't. You <laughs> you sometimes have to play a little bit like a wiener if you want to win the matchup. Yeah. The you think yeah. the character's supposed to. And or I say have to, but you know what I mean? If someone's doing really good stuff and playing their character how they're supposed to, we'll say it's supposed to in air quotes, um, mm-hmm. then if you want Fox to, to to really, you know, thrive under those conditions, then sometimes you got to play a three quarters distance away. Sometimes you got to play a lot closer and try Like, I don't know, with Falco, you're never going to you're never going to get anywhere all the way across the stage. So you kind of have to be in a bit of a danger zone versus that character. Um so it's, it's, yeah, when people hear that, like, that character's great and they should just win the matchup, I don't think anybody ever takes the time to put it, even like you said, like Drug Fox put it, um, mm-hmm. that you are playing it like you want to lose. <laughs> like, you're playing it in a way right. that the character loses. Like, it's not like it's, nobody said it's impossible to lose as the character, and you are proving that uh, right. you, you, you have to play in a way that the character wins to win. And, and, and the, the amazing part of your character is that they can just if you, if you choose not to, then fine. The character doesn't look very good, but otherwise they can. Yeah, makes uh, makes perfect sense to me. Um, and it and it really, you know, I think it's the kind of thing that uh, when it comes to matchups like Yoshi, that you know, people probably still you know haven't completely mapped out um, because I think that people are less. I ultimately still think people are a little bit less prepared for Momsa than they ultimately probably will become. Uh, now that he will probably be going to just a lot of tournaments and, you know, people are going to be thinking about him a lot because he's just winning stuff. Um, but yeah, yeah the, the amount of anti-OMSA science I got from every Fox main I know after that set was like mind boggling. And I thought I played it. I thought I played it pretty good. Like I thought I played pretty good, at least a big house. Um, but then, then I got a whole 
Bible from different people. If I, if I put it wow. all together of just, of wow. just like you can dash attack Yoshi at the ledge when he's doing the egg and you can also do this and you can also do that. I was like, okay, <laughs> okay, okay. I'm sorry. I didn't know. Wow. Um, so, so next time yeah. I play him, hopefully I'll be able to bring more. Yeah. I, I think will. Mango even, I think Mango even said like after he won over Cody, Cody went up to him. and was just like, you should do more drill against Yoshi before he went to fight Omson Grant. So <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I, I feel like the dark horse here, or not dark horse, like uh, just the we'll say the contrarian opinion, and not to get you know shot for this, but I mm-hmm. thought that Mango played it not very well, and like kind of tried to Mango Amsa a little bit, and oh yeah, I mm-hmm. and like in, in a world where Cody makes it to Grands, I'm pretty sure Cody wins Grands. Cody, um, like, oh. they play very differently. I mean, I even just uh, to to echo this, I I even said this on commentary, like um, I once asked. I once asked Amsa, this is a little anecdote that I said on commentary. I once asked Amsa uh, around Genesis time earlier in the year, I was like, um, you know, because we we're talking about Moki and we we're talking about how Moki's really good against, uh, sorry, really good against Yoshi. And I asked Amsa, out of curiosity, who is somebody that you think is really good but is bad against Yoshi? And he thought for a little bit and he was like, Mango. And I was like, yeah, that mm. makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense yeah. because. I mean, yeah, all the things you just said. Like, Mango's predictable coming out of the egg lay. Uh, Mango doesn't always... He's not always ready for all the tech traps. You know, there's there's offensive things that he kind of gives Amsa for free, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I think he was trying to tap into, like, you know, what Mango does sometimes, right? Where he just gets that crazy, crazy everything, and everything just seems to be going his way. And, and that's awesome when it happens. But I think Amsa, like, was the epitome of, like, theory-crafted science decimating put Fox in a blender play style that like, I don't think you can just like oppress someone maybe with the energy that Mango was bringing to the set and like some of the choices he was making. So I think Mango needed a bit more science behind him. We'll say some more, some more Fox science yeah. to make sure that he really shuts, shuts Amsa off next time. It makes yeah, sense to me. Like, I mean, that's always the kind of player he's been. <laughs> yeah. 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 Since you guys are all talking about like, it's important to not be like too aggressive. Like you can be aggressive and it does work out a lot of times, especially for Mango. But you can't be too aggressive, especially around Yoshi because of, you know, double jump armor and pairing and all that. Yeah, I would, I would say it's a combination of like, if you switch, and I mean, I'll, I'll end it on this, I guess, just the, the, mm. for, for the Yoshi talk, but the, well, just because I don't want to, I could talk about it forever, but um, <laughs> Mango, Mango will pick Fox, but then still go for Nair and not drill. And I think that says it all. It's like, the whole reason you're not playing Falco mm. here is so that you don't get your down air parried <laughs> pretty much like let's just be real <laughs> so that you don't so that you don't get the one like single hit move parried and so if you're not going to use the, the the tool as excessively as you should in that matchup to make sure Amsa can't parry no matter how good he is you take that off the table um then you're gonna run into the roadblocks that mango did and it's honestly insane he brought it as close as he did considering how well Amsa was playing and how much like not yoshi tech like i'm i'm, a, I'm scared for Amsa if mango like brings in a lot more of that science uh, cause Mango's obviously proven he can beat everybody and, and, and actually has an argument for being the best in the world right now. So mm-hmm. if he just cleans up that matchup, I'm kind of scared for it. If he combines what he can do creatively and aggressively with a bit more of like the Cody science labbed out play style, it's going to be a bit scary for Hamsa. I really think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Makes sense. good, good answers. Good discussion. Good question. Thank you so much for calling in Neptune. Any shout outs for us on your way out today? Um, not, not really, no. I mean, I guess shouts to me for almost finishing this rough draft, so. 
Hey, good luck with <laughs> Best that. Best of luck with that. Good luck. <laughs> Best you. of luck with that. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it was nice talking with y'all. See ya. Take care. Have a good one. See you, Neptune. Well, I hope we- they get it. Uh, hope they get it done. Definitely been there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Been there. Guess I'll call into Radio Melee instead of writing my rough draft. Hey, well, we got time for at least one more caller. Uh, welcome to the program, Calcium. Mm, calcium's good for you. Where are you calling in from? I uh, just moved to Portland area. Mm. Which one? Uh, well, I actually moved to St. Helens, which is like 30 minutes north of Portland. But yeah. Mm. Yeah, I moved which here from one? Georgia. So. Which cool. what? Which, uh, which Portland? Oh, sorry. Yeah, Portland, Oregon. Got it. Yeah, I mean, I figured, but, you know, I thought I'd ask. Fair enough. Uh, Calcium, what's your question for us today, Gamer? Yeah, um, the topic of cheating has captivated the chess world for weeks after mm. world champion Magnus Carlsen lost to Hans Niemann over the board. Um, do you see any potential threats to the integrity of Melee online or in person now or in the future? And uh, I can give oh, some boy. background on that if needed. Yeah, what oh, would boy. it be for Melee? So the, you know, the biggest to me, and I really do want to make a YouTube video about it, but the biggest to me uh, cheating scandal that Melee has ever had, obviously, was Super Pichu, right? Super Pichu was the biggest scandal Melee has ever seen. But Super Pichu is pretty hard, I think, to pull off at anything larger than a local scale. So for people who don't know about the Super Pichu incident, um, basically someone had a very specific console where if you plugged into port 4 on this memory card and you picked a certain color of Pichu, then it hyper-buffed the character and Pichu's Nair got bigger. Pichu's Nair got to where it would outright, it would beat Marth Fordair. And a bunch of other buffs, and 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 the character became top tier, giga broken, um, and and I think this person went on so far as to get uh, some some wins over some top one hundred players, or at least PR players. I know four percent, four percent had a loss. Uh, the you know who's a good Jigglypuff player, um, and uh, that happened. But I think that that you know basically the way this person did it was they had to say things like. Oh, I really want to study my tournament sets and get better. So can we play on my recording setup over there in the corner? Um, and, I, you know, that, that's just not going to work in a major because, you know, you can't play every tournament set that you have on your setup. Eventually, they're going to put you on stream. You know, you're, you're going to get exposed. So I guess at this point, to me, it's like a, it would be a controller thing, right? Like, what do you guys think? I feel like the way it would work is someone, someone just says, fuck it, and puts a macro in their box. And we would never know, because, you know, box players already don't miss fucking multi-shines. <laughs> so they just yeah. got a multi-shine, and it's like, well, well, this is like every other box player. Right? <laughs> I, I have kind of a weird answer for this one on the box debate, is that it's like, what? it's kind of the answer I gave earlier, where it's like, when we were talking about boxes, Imagine a world where someone has a double shine macro or a triple shine macro or some shit. They just hold the button down and it just keeps shining. Fine. Um, In a weird world, someone would also have to be good enough still and reaction time to know. Like, yes, they get the consistency of the shine, but they'd still also have to, like, know when it was going to connect, know when it wasn't going to connect, input it into other stuff and then make like a... 
I'm not saying yeah. that I think it would be fine for the game. God, no. Right. I'm just saying that, like, when people talk about macros, I'm like, Melee is so analog and mm. like the outcomes are so varied, even among like similar things hitting that I don't know if it would present the same issue that people are acting about. Like, I don't think some dope player who's now got his quad shine macro or quad shine grab macro necessarily just instantly like shits on the competition. I think that would come with its own unique challenges being able to even leverage macros that well. Like I think it would almost be more productive if they had like a smash bot that if they were holding a button down, it would just play for them for a bit. Like that's, that's more of the angle that I could see happening. Cause wow. if you had like, that's, that's more where I see it. Wow. Like an, a literal engine. Well, yeah, just, like I, I don't yeah. see it would be pretty hard to cover up because you'd be having to push some buttons in a very pretty you you would get called out on stream almost instantly for something like that, too, though. Like, yeah, if you're like imagine every like drummer you've ever seen and it's out of sync with the audio track. and You're like, that guy's not even drumming or something. It's like that would happen yeah. immediately. Time set. And think about all the other gaming where it's like, hey, I saw your inputs. I'm calling you out for cheating. That happens in the speedrunning communities. That happens everywhere. I just don't know if anybody would get away with it. Um, So, yeah. Uh, to be honest, the cheating discussion is more around like whether boxes, not that I ever want to talk about box legality and I'm sure everybody's beaten it to death, but yeah, if, yeah, yeah. The, the, the argument would just be about the legality of those in the first place. If they are already too strong enough to be considered an advantage enough that they're unfair or you could categorize already. cheating. Already. Yeah, already, yeah. already. Um, I, I, I mean, I don't want to sidebar it too much. If I, my short answer is, I don't think that there's going to be much of an integrity problem because by the time anybody gets to the top level of melee, they'd have to be playing on stream where any obvious BS, even you get caught on slippy with like slippy replays. People have put out like, Hey, this guy's a fraud. Look at the inputs. You can see he's doing inhuman SDI. I just don't know if I would see it ever causing like a top level cheating scandal, uh, that way. I don't know. PP thoughts. <laughs> I feel like I'm, I don't know. No, I mean, I, I, I think that's fair. I've, I've heard, um, I think there are some more challenges uh, with online tournaments as opposed to in-person per in ones, uh, particularly if, you do, if you're not using face cam, for example, right? Or, but there are also times where uh, you could, you know, I, I think we move more in the direction of not having mid-set coaching right now, but you could have someone just in voice chat coaching you uh, if you're an online set in, in a Discord call or something like that. So I, th and, you know, those for the, and, you know, there are other things you can have codes enabled in your Slippy and, and that there, you know, so you can see when you're actionable or not, which maybe doesn't make the biggest difference, but there might be other things I've heard about that could be an issue. Um and so that's one thing. And so it seems like online events seem like they have that extra uh, thing to me. And I've and I've heard hearsay. I have nothing confirmed, but I've heard hearsay that some of that happens. But I don't know to what extent. Mm -hmm. um, for in-person things, obviously, you don't really have that so much. Um, I mean, I guess people could be texting you stuff and you could be like checking your notes, right? But you're actually looking at text messages and getting something from someone and, you know, there's that. Yeah. Um, but I, th I think what more of the concern is for people, from my understanding, is um, having certain lines of code put into uh, our, our special controllers, whether they're boxes, goom waves, fobs, whatever they are. And these aren't necessarily macros, but they're things that... Um, make quadrants larger to allow you to do certain things better or they um I, for, I forget all the specifics off the top of my head i know that there were a lot of those types of things that uh are out there and they're not the they're not necessarily press button win game things 
but they are things mm-hmm. where let's say you've got two, you know, top 10 players and maybe they maybe they go game five a lot. Maybe that's something that gives you an edge, you know, pr- fairly repeatedly against this person. That's enough to give you a win often enough. Right. So I agree with mm-hmm. what you're saying that, oh, you would need to be good enough to use it. And that would be my concern is if you're good enough, then you could take that extra leverage and push that farther. And so, you know, and when you're playing for, you know, more money there, granted, we don't have a lot of money, but if you're playing for, you know, more money, then that would be something to be concerned about. Uh, again, I don't have all the specifics, unfortunately, just because I I don't want to think about controllers anymore. And when I hear about this stuff, I just get sad. So unfortunately, I don't have all the specifics and I can't start this witch hunt too bad. But I, I believe I hear some of it from people that are more informed. And so I have that concern about it. Yeah, I wonder I wonder if that mm-hmm. calls for like more of a need for because I know the slippy's been brought up as like, why aren't we running it at our events? Like, come on, we we could have mm-hmm. way higher quality looking events just as a sidebar. Um, and to the point of like online people like being caught for using like SDI macros or or right. other weird, you know, maybe basic implementations of cheating that are so obvious. But like you said, maybe like someone goes for a ledge dash and imagine like with their notch, it actually snaps them to a better angle so they get a longer ledge dash and it's like that might be a little harder to catch from right. the view from like from the mm-hmm. viewer perspective you might not notice you just be like man his ledge dashes are on today so i wonder <laughs> if that calls for a higher higher need of scrutiny at least at the, uh, to have slippy running properly and have the vods analyzed after the fact from an input level so you'd be able to see things like sticks snapping to a notch or like things that look otherwise inhuman um because otherwise you won't be able to catch it um, like, and, and in that, in that case, like you mentioned, that's an example where someone wouldn't need to be good enough to use it. Even they just have to be roughly in the direction of their ledge dash notch and the game or the controller would sort of make it up for them, um, and make sure they don't go like too low or into the stage kind of thing. And they get a nice long angle. So I, there's the possibility, but maybe just by accident, slippy happens to now be out at a time that I think we could audit a lot of those sketchy games or audit everything just as a best practice and catch it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting it's an interesting debate. I don't think any of the top competitors are I mean, I guess it's stupid to say. So anybody could do it, but I don't I don't think any of the competitors are like that. Like none of our top representatives like the love of the game is there, but right. maybe as years go on and you see a lot of new faces and 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 a lot of people coming up that maybe don't have the same regard or respect for competitors and stuff, they they maybe start trying leverage stuff like that. So it is something to keep out. Keep a lookout yeah. for it. I think Slippy will help catch it. Yeah, that that's kind of that's kind of how I feel in a way. It's like like it's like what you said with the uh, the shine macro thing, for example. Like, who would do it that would be good enough to actually get results? Because like I think when we actually care about cheating scandals, you know, it needs to be, you know, at the top level of the game for it to threaten the intent. Like like as the question is worded, it doesn't really threaten the integrity of melee competition unless it's happening at the top level of play, and for it to happen at the top level of play, someone who's probably already pretty damn good would need to pull it off. And so it's like, and then it's just a question of like, well, who would go through the, who would go through the trouble to do that? Is melee, does melee really have, even from a, from the perspective of like, you know, do you get enough notoriety or money or, or fame or what, what have you uh, from cheating that would make it worth your while, especially when weighed against the risk of getting caught. And I think you're so much more likely to get caught uh, that that I really just don't think anyone would really pull anything. And I also do just think ultimately, ultimately, I don't think fighting games, and in particular, I, I don't think Smash is really that, it's not an easy game to cheat in. 
Uh, it's not like, you know, when you consider wall, you know, wall hacks and FPSs or, or aimbots, you know, those are very logical ways to cheat. You know, if you wanted to imagine cheating in a video game, those are probably the first sorts of cheats you think of. Whereas, you know, we had the Jason Riot thing a couple weeks ago, the Guilty Gear player who people were accusing of having a macro for his, you know, his false Roman cancels. But, and that got proven to me that, you know, the guy did a stream with a, with a hand cam and, and disproved that. Badass, by the way. Super badass. badass. That is yeah, so badass. Really he just whips it out and does frame perfect inputs. Like it's, an, oh man. Yeah. He just did his, his uh, practice routine. It was just fucking crushing it. Like, <laughs> the time. like oh my God. So yeah, I, I, it's, it's like a weird genre to cheat in. Like it's, it's, it's hard to imagine. I don't know. There's just types of games where cheating is logical or makes sense from a gameplay perspective, makes sense. And to me, fighting games are not really one of those games. Yeah, okay, again, you could imagine it with the input thing, but even then, like an aimbot in a first-person shooter, that will elevate someone from gold elo to able to frag out against the best of the best. But a multi-shine macro... That's not gonna make you suddenly win tournaments, you know, unless you're already pretty good. Maybe Sunsei or someone like that, like you could. Like it would be that would be, you know, Sunsei could probably take that and like, you know, that would give you the pet. But then also you're hitting so many freaking JC shines in your top eight. And it's like, wow, this guy's really going for this crazy technique, and he's like extending his combos in this really, really demanding way and never messing it up. Um, and then someone looks into it and you immediately got, so it's like, you know what I mean? It's just so hard to imagine a scenario where it actually screws that screws everything over. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. I mean, sorry. No, you you go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, I mean like, yeah, it definitely seemed like a difficult, you know, game to, to cheat in. Plus there's definitely a lower motive than say something with like, chess maybe that has large you know million dollar prize pools and right also the very low marginal gains i guess we're talking about you can actually get yeah that's right. that's how i feel anyway that's how i feel yeah no it's definitely interesting discussion though yeah thanks for having it with yeah. us and uh, any shout outs for us on your way out today calcium Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, shout outs to Max or Cosmofo and uh, who got me into Melee and our friend Connor. And shout outs to Fat Goku and uh, Portland Melee. Like I said, I just moved here and it was I went to a local and it was great to see a thriving and welcoming scene. Mm, and uh, hope maybe we'll play some chess sometime. That'd be cool. That All would right. be super cool. All right. Take care, gamer. Thank you so yeah. much for your call. All right. Yeah, it's a, it's it's an interesting uh question. Someone asked me about this recently. I was actually talking to one of the chess pro guys and they were asking me, is that like a thing? Like you're, you guys ever have to worry about cheating and in, in melee? And I was like, no, not really. I don't even know what that would look like. You know, it's just I, it's just weird to imagine. I don't know. I, I don't know. I just couldn't see myself like like even if even if like as I know we were we're running on the assumption that you were cheating at the top level and that's what would tarnish the integrity of the game or or damage it. Um, but like, like even at a weekly level, it's like, you would be that piece of shit scamming people out of $35 weekly. Like, I don't know. I just, right. even, 
it's like I, I just don't see that being something that lasts very long uh, in any local scene, even. And like, well, I don't know, maybe, maybe how, how badly, like you said, the, your reputation, you would be obliterated. You would be the guy who cheated. Yeah. And it was like indefensible. It's not like you cheated to make, you know, the money to pay for your family's medical bills or something. You cheated for $20 a week to screw your right. local scene over. Like you are the the, the bottom feeder in this situation. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I feel like you would, the, the risk reward there is so skewed that so skewed. it's like, it's you, even if you did it for a whole year and made like a thousand dollars, you would be right. so obliterated everywhere for trying that, like to the point that people would be pretty pissed off. I don't know. I just don't yeah. see that ever going well. And and the thing is, with the Super Pichu thing, I don't. He's in my community, and everybody in the melee community heard about that. Everybody, mm -hmm. everybody. was like playing at that time. So it's like it doesn't even happen have to happen on a big scale to be blown up and scare people away from even considering trying it. So yeah, there's a lot of deterrence in place, I guess. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. I mean, I feel like. Even if you want to talk about it's it wasn't really cheating, but I remember years and years and years ago there was that guy. People, you must remember this story. Remember that guy Cheese? He was like a brawl player, and Cheese would, uh, to my knowledge, would um would like try to basically grind people out of tournament wins or 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 into having tournament wins. Like I remember there was this thing with Cheese and Mute King where like you know he would try to get you to pause, like he'd do something that would get you to pause, and then he'd be like, "Oh, you paused." To this guy paused. That's a you gotta you gotta lose a stop. Like he would he would grind. You know, and that's not cheating per se. It's more like exploiting the rules. And there was this there was this thing with cheese and music, and this was like twenty freaking nine. But um, yeah, and I still remember that. And I'm still kind of like, wow, screw that guy. You know, like like what did you really get? Like you got some. You got like the TO gave you some stocks maybe or, or or maybe not. You know, like is that really worth it? Like was 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 that person remembered as one of the best brawl players like no like mute king was you know dude i so, wish that was the meta zane making mango flinch on stage or some shit like just that's a stock come on i know dude i know it's <laughs> it's so like that is so funny that that is like 2009 so brawl beef exactly exactly yeah yeah i i geez i gotta look back into like the exact circumstance but that was this was something that came up a couple times with this player and it was really funny and i remember every time i'd read about it on smash Bros, i was like what is going on with this guy this guy's this guy's crazy anyway you vaguely remember what i'm talking about pp like little bit little little bit, bit right i yeah. don't i don't fully remember the story either but i remember it was like something really that was like the gist of it but anyway yeah yeah it's just not worth it it's just not worth it like you're never going to become you're never going to be known as one of the great to me the if if there was a monetary payoff or if there was a tangible practical payoff with melee it's 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 more it's less about the money from winning one event and it's more about you know the, the 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 well the friends you make along the way but but you know the notoriety and 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 the you know the community says wow this guy's really good and then you, you know maybe you take that and you become a streamer or something right like but but if you're if you're that guy that everyone fucking hates because you cheated then you're never gonna have that so it's not worth it you know yeah so yeah exactly well anyway uh well pp we've uh we've just about gotten to the end of the program and uh that was our last caller thank you everyone mm -hmm. for calling in but uh should we ask sunsei for his own community voice or did you have any other fascinating uh questions or anything you wanted to talk with him about i'm ready to hear sunsei's community voice okay so just as amsa last week uh, did provide you know pose a question to our YouTube audience and basically ask them, "Hey, 
Uh, what do you want to ask? Opposite, what do you want to ask to the world? All the Smash players out there, they have to answer it. So you could ask anything you want to the Golden Guardians YouTube audience that tunes in every week. Um, oh. It could be gameplay related. It could be silly. It could be serious. But you got to ask them okay. some question. Okay. And they're going to provide I'm- a hot take. In response, I I have kind of a dorky question because I don't know if it's just my own personal journey through melee that has like caused me to feel this way. Um, but I think the community is nicer than it used to be, like a lot nicer. Not, and I'm not talking like mm. 2010 slurs community and oh look, we don't say those things anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, like at a fundamental level, do you feel that players are more respectful of each other? Regardless, like beyond like, you know, puff players and like the, the stuff that was really stigmatized, even in like mm. fairly recent memory, like pre-COVID. And 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 maybe as an add on to that, how big of a part do you think COVID and not being able to like maybe just how online played out with Slippy and people's appreciation for having Slippy and how much they realized they missed land played a role in that? Because um, I I will bias it. I don't know if it'll it'll help yeah. people answer it. But my, my answer is like a resounding yes. Even among people that used to beef a ton, like, I don't know, maybe like Mango H-Box, where it was like really kind of mm. kind of mean-spirited at times. There's like a lot of respect among competitors that I think wasn't always there. Oh, even as I've gotten better at the game and seen other people get good at the game. Or even people who are like just weekly O2ers who show up every week and they are just like there to support the game and getting better. I think the community's gotten way nicer as a whole and maybe even... Maybe it's just a byproduct of everybody getting a little older because the community age has probably shifted up um, on average. But I do think that everybody is uh, a lot more respectful. And and I, I think that there's a lot more going on that like even even on days like for myself where I lose to someone and I'm like, man, that sucks. I really don't think like I should lose to them on a given day. I don't really say that stuff anymore. I'm like, you know what? They played great and I hope they have a great tournament moving on. And I think I think I've seen that attitude with a lot more people and it's kind of inspired me to change the way I was thinking about it too and being less of a less of a complainer and a whiner um mm. outside of the game. So long-winded, but I just yeah, we'll just say that. Do we think the community is nicer? Uh and and more respectful. That's a really yeah, that's a really interesting question. I, I've I'll probably share some of my anecdotes next week. You know, I I agree with you, but only because I've been around for so long I remember what things used to be like. But I'm really curious what the perspective is uh, of every, everybody out there. I know a lot of the listeners tuning in are probably, well, I know some of you at least are new enough that maybe you don't really have a sense of, you know, enough time having passed to really, to really make that, that measure. But uh, uh, I am really interested in, in hearing what the people have to say. Well, thank you, Sunsei, for that. Thank you for coming on this week. Uh, this was a dope episode. Um, and yeah, we'll be seeing more of you. I'll be seeing you at, at Smash Summit, if nothing else. I guess, I guess at the Ludwig Invitational as well this weekend. I think you're going to be there. Yeah, I will be there this weekend and okay. I'm going to try Well, summit's obviously happening. And then I think it'll be main stage and Panda cup finale. I'm going to try and be at all of it. Yeah. So good luck. Okay. Um, Best thanks. of luck yeah. at everything. Appreciate it. I will. Uh, I, I feel bad. I just wanted to say as a, as a one little closing note, mm. um, there was someone in the waiting room. I think they had just missed the ticket to, to come and ask their question. Mm. Um, they just asked if I, they're from Alberta and that's why I figured I'd say oh, they, that's where from. And they, okay. they messaged me. They just DM me. So they cheated their question and I'm sorry. I just wanted to say yeah. a quick shout out to, uh, a lot of the Alberta players. I know it's not like a ton of people that people would have known about, but like quaff, like I mentioned earlier, fantastic mm. player. Um, Anjo, 
He's, who's been playing for a long time. Um, fantastic player as well. There's a lot of really cool players on the come up. Alberta's never really had some sheiks, so there's a lot of, I don't know. It's never really been considered a boiling pot of talent for a region, uh, especially among Canada. It's always been like Ontario, maybe some Quebec, maybe even some BC. Um, mm-hmm. So I am, I'm, I'm really excited to, to see if maybe me doing well at Big House. I don't know. I don't want to take that much credit, but I'm hoping to see that maybe Maybe that's a wake up call and just a reminder that even if you're in like a region that's not necessarily mm. on the world stage, that you can in fact do it. And I guess even PP would be a good, yep. good, uh, you know, reference to that coming mm-hmm. from North Carolina, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, yeah, I just I don't know. Shout outs to shout outs to everybody in Alberta also, and and a quick shout out to uh, everybody supporting this past week. Like I said, it's been a bit of a whirlwind of a week, and um, I I seriously am like cannot thank everybody enough for the support and being able to play cool melee in front of you guys has just meant the world to me. So I appreciate it. What a beautiful sentiment and what a beautiful note to end on. Thank you so much soon. Say for giving hope to so many given great <laughs> gameplay. I don't think I'm not, I do not think I give that much, but I just, yeah, like I, it was worth sharing. So I appreciate yeah, it. Thanks absolutely. for having me on guys. Absolutely. absolutely. Thank right, you so thank, much. Thank you, man. Thank you all out there. Mm -hmm. We will see you next week. This is Radio Melee, signing out.